Jenny Bristow, and I'm the CEO and founder of Hetty & Hop, a healthcare marketing agency based in the Midwest. We started the We Are Marketing Happy podcast because of our passion for improving patients' access to care and understanding the innovations and shifts in the healthcare industry are key to making that happen. Please follow, share, and let us know what topics you'd like for us to cover next. Enjoy. Hey friends, welcome to today's episode of We Are Marketing Happy, a healthcare marketing podcast. My name is Jenny Bristow and I am your host. I am so excited to be joined today by my long, long time friend, Julia Pitlick, who is the VP of Marketing at T-Care. Welcome, Julia. All right. Happy to be here. Long time friend, also former employee of yours. Let's not forget way back when. <laughs> it's true. It was like, 13 years ago, a long yeah. time ago, long time yeah. ago. Give or take. Give and it's turned into a great friendship. So great. yes, it's been so fun watching your career grow and continue to evolve. We had worked together previously at sort of an agency. And then you left to go into the CPG world, big brand, well-known. After a while, you then pivoted and came into healthcare. So that's quite a transition. And I'm really excited to dig in with you and talk about the differences in the industries and maybe some best practices you've been able to pull over or some really big, maybe evolutions or differences that we can chat about. So let's get into it. Yeah, that sounds great. I loved that we both found our way into healthcare independently. I was thinking about that as I was preparing for this conversation, I feel like we just love problems to solve. We love complexity and bringing kind of clarity through it. So it makes perfect sense that we would wind up doing marketing in healthcare where there are just such complex journeys and as everything from the journeys to the data analytics, always something to navigate, always a problem to solve. Well, we love helping people, right? We want our work to feel impactful. So I agree, like totally not surprised. Not at all. So let's talk first about that transition. You were at that large, big packaged consumer goods organization for some time. And then whenever you made the pivot into healthcare, talk to me about some of your initial reactions and experiences with that change. Yeah, absolutely. So I've spent about eight years in the consumer packaged goods industry. My experience there was really unique. I think I sort of got to see some of the the best of both worlds, working within the walls of a company, building, managing, operating billion-dollar brands. But I was also more of that entrepreneur. So I was on a team focused on innovation and building out new business models, really focusing on directing consumer pathways. So I really got to see what does it look like? What can I take from that experience where it's so much rigor around brand design, consumer insights, brand management, really having that data-driven business mindset when it comes to marketing and branding, but also that scrappy designing the journeys, experimenting, testing, testing by design. So I was really grateful to have that pretty unique vantage point, uh, especially knowing that we coming from more startup backgrounds, being able to always preserve some of that scrappiness was really helpful. And that was absolutely necessary in coming to healthcare especially the role that I came to after my time in CPG was designing direct-to-consumer experiences and campaigns for healthcare. Because I think a lot of legacy companies in healthcare, of course, depending on 
the nature of the vertical you're in within the healthcare industry. A consumer-driven approach is a new one. So the organization that I went to was very B2B focused, had a typical kind of healthcare sales-based model, account-based model, with a large in-market and field sales force. And so as they were thinking about how do we reach consumers with our message, that was a very new way of thinking and was very grateful to have had the experience that I had from a CPG side because we leaned really hard into journey mapping. We wanted to know at every stage of the experience, not just where does the brand need to show up and where do we need to market, but so much deeper than that. What is that consumer thinking, feeling, doing? What's their mindset at each of these nuanced stages? And how do we really design and deploy a really good experience for them? So I took that and just absolutely lifted and shifted, of course, to some modification, but applying it to healthcare. And that was a really successful way to, to bring some of these kind of consumer-driven campaigns to life. And it's interesting because I think one of the benefits of healthcare is it is so human-driven. When I was in the CPG side, we're selling packaged goods, right? Like there's emotional ties. That's what all the branding is about. It's, you know, that emotional resonance. And we were very insight rich. We had tons of great consumer insights and tons of great empathy work. But it's always a leap to go from something onto the shelf to really like winning the heart of a consumer. Brands do it well. We did it well. They do it every day. But when you go into something like healthcare, that's such an inherently there's nothing more personal than a healthcare decision for you or for a loved one. So being able to come into a space where empathy um, and insight and kind of that emotional connection are should be the norm, should be table stakes. It's really exciting because it made the way that we could deploy messages at the right stage of the journey really rich and personalized. Oh, I love that. So when you began to apply that experience in the healthcare space, were there any unexpected hurdles or roadblocks that you had to overcome and really change your approach? Or do you think that a, most of your prior experience was applicable? I would say most of it was applicable. The core of how do I think about designing a marketing, yeah. I'll say a campaign, but really a marketing experience or a consumer experience, leaning into the insights first and foremost, really not listening to anybody, but the user insights and the feedback, the call recordings, things like that. That's where I start. That's kind of where I build my my gut, I like to say. Very data-driven. You wouldn't have raised me any other way when I first started working for you. But so much of that, the qualitative stuff is the that forms insights to you. To me, it's all about forming yeah. the gut. Because I think from a marketing standpoint, we're really data-driven, but the data is never going to tell you what to do. It gives you insight and direction, but you have to apply that. And some of that is a, what I like to think of as like a really well-educated gut that's connected to yeah. your heart, that's connected to the mind, right? It all has to work together. So that was all really applicable. I think with healthcare, the most, the biggest gap, I think, is more of the, this maybe sounds a bit tactical, but more of the channels with which we can go to market. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or I would say the gap between marketing to a consumer and then them actually getting the product, the good, the service. Yes. Within consumer packaged goods, it's commercials, it's compensative, it's anything. You go to the store and if distribution's done well, then it's on the shelf. Yep. You put it in your cart and you buy it or you go on an e-com site and do the mm -hmm. same. But depending on the business model within healthcare, you may be marketing to a consumer, but there's a big chasm, a big gap that they have to jump yeah. from wanting the good, the product, the medicine, the test, whatever, to actually 
getting it ordered. So there is a very, the journey maps and the messaging and all of those artifacts get a lot more complex because you have a much bigger landscape and ecosystem of stakeholders to educate. You've got to think about, okay, well, we also have to make sure we're educating the the providers. There's the payer angle too. I When I started in healthcare, we were in the testing space. So you literally had to have a provider order a test. So that's a whole other set of education and tasks and jobs to be done. So I think that there are some kind of peer play, more true direct-to-consumer healthcare products popping up, be it telemedicine services or direct-to-consumer tests or medications or things like that, which feels much more straightforward and I should say normal, not a no judgment way, which is a normal Uh user journey compared to the really fragmented one that can happen in healthcare. And I'm sure you run into that too with a lot of your your work. Yes, absolutely. Especially depending on the kind of care. So for example, like cancer is much different than promoting, say, bariatrics, where it may be a decision that is proactively being made versus a decision that your health makes for you. And then you have to find a solution. So I think that's definitely an excellent point. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a great point too. That when I think about the journeys and you said the health event, something happening to you as marketers, we're always thinking about what's going to trigger the beginning of that journey. And in healthcare, sometimes and oftentimes, unfortunately, there's a very, uh, very personal, very intense, sad, heavy trigger that happens—a diagnosis exactly. yes. of yourself or friend or family member—and that's very crudely from a marketing perspective, that is a clear entry point from a marketing yes. standpoint. That's not nice, but you know what I mean? It's a way mm-hmm. in. But my goodness, like the, again, that's where it goes to that, the empathy, the insights, the messaging, like the respect yes. that you have to have, like the first words out of terms yes. to someone, so to speak, is absolutely critical. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, you're exactly right in terms of that journey. I remember doing some of my initial journey maps when I came into healthcare and I was so used to going all the way from awareness engagement, conversion. I mean, I had direct-to-consumer e-com stores, so I'm used to add to cart, convert, reorder. And one of the first journey maps I saw really sort of ended at this, more of this consideration stage, right? Because that's all we could get the patient to do was say, I'm aware of this product. I know it's for me. I've considered it. I want to talk to my provider about it. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, wait, what more can we do? How else can we help bring this along? And truly to your point, it's about helping someone who's, who has a need and helping them fulfill it. But I, that I think was the biggest, the biggest adjustment I had to make was that I could not have my e-com side of transactions all the way through and some healthcare companies do, but that, that was very much an adjustment. Yeah. I love it. Let me, Let's kind of slightly pivot, still same, talking about the overall patient journey. Let's talk about the importance of a consistent brand showing up throughout that journey. I mean, I think it's really interesting when you think about legacy, large, well-known brands compared to tech startups and smaller organizations that maybe don't have that consumer recognition and are still offering something really phenomenal to patients but they're not super well-known. They're not something that's top of mind. How can and should marketers be thinking about the brand and the ways that it shows up throughout that patient journey? Yeah. Oh, I love that question. To me, a brand is a promise kept. You don't do it for you as the organization. It's really the brand is designed for 
the people that you're serving. And that's one of the biggest takeaways from my time in CPG. Again, that's in a more commoditized space. The brand is really all you got. So you have to so much time and investment in architecting that. And I think it's important for me to clarify to marketers, but also especially non-marketers that when we say brand, it's not colors and typography. And that's a part of it. And I could spend Mm -hmm. a full hour talking about the hours and dollars spent researching some of those things because it does, it does ladder up to something. But for me, I remember in my, even in my early days of brand management, to me, brand, it's just as much what you say when you answer the phone, when someone calls in as it is the colors, the typography, all actually it's so much more than that. So that's, I think one of the especially for a company that's developing a brand, that to me is the, my biggest advice is to think about the brand as just how your company shows up to consumers in every touch. And you even said, you said that yourself, you know, how you show up and don't, don't think of it as just the visual aspects or sort of over-invest or over-architect in that. Because you think about it, an iconic brand like Nike, that was a $35 swoosh logo design, right? Like, I know. It's all the heart and the meaning and the manifestation of that core. So I would say, look at every, look at first and foremost, but then go to work with every touch point, especially the ones that are often outside of typical marketing control and really understand how your business is coming to life. So go to the call center, right? Look at those scripts. Look at the way that that those are being navigated. I think those are some of the those are some of the channels. They truly are channels that are often not under the umbrella of marketing, but actually, especially from like a call center standpoint, is one of the very few places where your brand voice is actually talking directly to your customers, your patients, your consumers. Um, I did a lot of work with that in my CPG side as well, because we would spend lots of time and money thinking about brand voice, but that whole world was not part of marketing, wasn't really influenced by it. And to me, it was oh my goodness, we need to bring that all in. The brand is about the consumer. That's it. If your consumer can feel how your org is structured, then you have not done your job well. As a marketer, as an organization, it should feel really seamless. So I think tactically, it's looking at that journey. Any good journey is going to have these channels sort of defined. And then it's going and really making sure that those what's manifesting in those touch points are exactly how you'd want your brand as a person to show up in the world. I love that. And I, I spoke at a class with Northeastern two nights ago. And one of the students had such a great question specifically about telehealth. So we're going to pick a very specific subduction within healthcare. And she asked me what the importance of branding was in the promotion of telehealth services. And so I use a real life example. At Hedy and Hap, we work with a lot of different telehealth service offerings as far as our clients. And I'll tell you, it is much easier and cheaper to get a telehealth patient for Ascension or some large brand that already has that patient relationship and that patient trust than a startup that is trying to break in to the field. And even if clinically their outcomes are wonderful and they are great, if they're not known, it's going to take a lot more work and budget to be able to even have a third of the ability to sign a patient up online. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's so, 
when you look at something like telehealth, and I've had this experience too in my prior role of designing a telehealth experience with a third-party provider, I think it's really important to, in my mind, I want to say the words brand equity, right? Which doesn't really mean much to a consumer, but to me, it's looking at where is there the strongest brand equity, or I should say, to put it in better consumer words, recognition and trust from that consumer or patient. Love that. Yes. Let that lead the way. So your example with Ascension is exactly right. There's trust, there's a relationship, there's scale of the brand. And so the consumer then has, is giving Ascension in this example, permission to bring someone else to the table, to literally like think about, you came over to my house and you had a friend with you because of the trust that I have with you, I'd feel fine letting that friend in my house compared to a mild acquaintance or even relative stranger wanting to bring someone else in my house. Like It's just very different. And that's the way I like to think about marketing, be it whatever channel, especially digital. I think we kind of lose the fact that we're just humans with hearts and minds and I always like to think of like, okay, what's just a real human example of what we're trying to do here? And so that's how my mind works. Like, yeah, you bring someone over to my house because of the trust I have with you, they can come to the party. And I think that's exactly, especially with the proliferation of online care and telehealth. And there's definitely some scrutiny and skepticism around it, especially as you're looking to perhaps targeting older audiences. There are bad actors in certain situations and there's, I'm glad the consumers have a healthy amount of skepticism when it comes to their health. But yes, so I think in terms of if I'm a smaller company, a startup, trying to bring in a telehealth partner, tactically, I would really like to consider things like what would it look like to white label a service or just get the brand hierarchy done right because you're kind of just a bunch of acquaintances showing up to a consumer's house and you've got to respect that and you've got to build trust. I've been in situations where a telehealth experience I designed, it was a provider referring a patient to my organization, and then we were referring them to telemed. And I kind of zoomed out on the creative and like, there are three logos, like to get it really clean and simple, three logos. And this consumer maybe has 75% of 100% of trust in one of them being their provider. And the rest are complete strangers. So how are we going to do this in a way that's actually going to make them feel comfortable and that they know what's going on, kind of who's on base in terms of providing them what kind of care? And then back to my example of the journeys, like you've got to also think about the service and kind of fulfillment aspect of it. So who does the patient call and when if they're referred by Ascension to telehealth and they have a question or an issue, how do they know who to go to and are the team's orchestrated and organized behind the scenes so that they're not receiving a call from a patient saying, oh, sorry, that's not us. You need to call Ascension instead. Like, but that's not great. So you've got to really think about that orchestration, both from, I should say, the consumer facing front end and the back end. Yeah. And the much more difficult thing, as we've already spoken about, is typically the patient's coming from a place of fear, right? Yeah. If they're seeking out telehealth, something's probably wrong. And so, like you said, making it as easy and streamlined as possible is so important. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's the promise that they're thinking that they're going to get from telehealth, right? It's easy. It's streamlined. It's not needing to leave the home. More access. Like, what are the types of benefits that they think they're getting that you better be sure that you 
at least deliver table stakes on, but definitely don't make it a net negative in terms of making it more difficult, more complicated, because you're right. That actually just adds to the fear and the skepticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's a sense of urgency with what this patient needs to get from this, you best not get in the way of that as much as possible. Exactly. Well, Julia, this was so much fun. It has been just a joy watching your career continue to grow over the last decade plus. And I'm going to link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. So if anybody would like to connect with you, please feel free. I'm sure you'd love to continue the conversation. I would love that. Yes, I can talk about this stuff all day. Please connect. I would love that. I love it. Perfect. Well, for all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you on a future episode of We Are Marketing Happy. 